Hi guys, welcome again to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's going to podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, and we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. You can find the podcast on YouTube, subscribe there. You can also find the podcast anywhere that you can get your podcast, and we're so thankful uh, that you guys are here and that you have found the podcast today. All right, so uh, today's topic, I didn't know what I wanted to do today. Um, I'm still working on a, on a few topics and working on some stuff with some guests, but um, you know, as I was looking through some things and, and, and reading, uh, the scripture today, you know, I came to the conclusion that I think this is a good topic that we need to speak about today. Um, so the topic is entitled, I believe in you. I believe in you. You know, a, a lot of times, you know, when you scroll through Facebook or, you know, you have conversations with people or, you know, you talk to people, text to people, you know, kind of check on them, you know, see where they are, you know, see how things are going in their lives. Um, You know, you'll always have your people that's always doing good. But a a lot of times you're going to have a majority of the people who outside of Sunday and Wednesday on Facebook and through personal text, they'll really reveal where they are in life, right? So Sundays and Wednesdays, they might have this image that, you know, everything's all good, or I'm okay, or I'm good, or I don't need anything, or I'm okay, I'm, I'm all right. Um, but, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, when life hits, you know, right, when work hits, when when other things hit, you know, that's how, uh, you know, they really understand how they are. And so sometimes, you know, when you see people hurting, and when you see people in need, um, sometimes what we need is our topic today. And our topic is just entitled, I believe in you, right? I believe in you. So as we introduce this, um, throughout our lives, you know, as we mentioned before, things can get difficult very fast. And sometimes it can get, uh, it can get hard to overcome certain things in our lives. And sometimes what we do is we lack the faith in God, number one, but then also we, we lack belief in ourselves that we can actually do what God wants us to do, number one, but then we also like the belief in ourselves that we can actually get better. So sometimes we'll kind of just accept who we are and accept our situation and circumstance and just believe, well, that's just what I'm meant to be, just this, right? So, you know, the crazy thing about this phrase and this topic today is I don't know about you, but there's there's nothing in the world more amazing uh, then to know that there's somebody out here, there's somebody out here in this world, whether you know them, you haven't seen them in a while, you, you haven't talked to them in a while, you have talked to them, no matter what it is, there's nothing more amazing than to know that somebody believes in you. You know, think about that for a second. Somebody in this world, despite how hard things are in your life right now, Despite how impossible things look for you right now, despite how many times life and other things have continuously kept knocking you down, there's somebody out there that says, despite everything bad that has happened and that is currently happening, I still believe in you. I still believe that you have the strength, that you have the endurance, and that you have the 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 wherewithal to get over whatever you're dealing with. I believe in you. What what confidence that that can get, right? And so today what we want to do is 
we need to re-understand something. And I think sometimes it's easy for us to forget it. We need to re-understand that God believes in you today, right? God really does believe in you. And we're going to look at a couple ways that he does that. Um, and we're going we're gonna to go through a, a couple verses in scripture to kind of prove this point of the Lord really does believe in us. You know, sometimes as we, as we go through this, a lot of times we see our relationship with God kind of as one-sided. And this is what I mean by that. Sometimes, you know, when we're going through those things in life that I'm that we just mentioned, obviously we have a role to play. And our role is to continue to trust God. Our role is to have faith, and our role is to be obedient to what he says, despite whatever's going around um around us. But you know, the Lord, I wouldn't necessarily say he has a role, but the Lord, the Lord has done his part, but the Lord still cares and he still believes. So sometimes we can view our relationship with God kind of as one-sided. Well, you know, I have to do all the believing. I have to have all the faith. I have to do all the obedience. You do have to do those things. But did you know that the Lord still believes that you can do it? The Lord still wants you to do it. The Lord wants to hear from you when you fall. The Lord wants to hear from you when you're scared. The Lord wants to understand and comfort you and give you strength and discipline you so that you can get better. See, that's a, that's a, that's a, a healthy relationship there. So as we look through this, don't look at it as, okay, well, this is what I have to do. Obviously, look at it as how can I help my relationship with God grow, all right? So look at, look at point number one. God, number one, God believes in you when you don't understand. God believes in you when you don't even understand. So as you mentioned before, in life, there's some things as we walk through this life, and even as we do God's will, there are some things that we're not going to get. So God continues to expect us, right, to trust him, right? Remember in Hebrews chapter 11, right, verse 6, without faith, right, according to verse 1 of what faith is, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God, right, must believe, right, that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So God wants us to believe in him. But why does he want that? If you really think about it, God wants us to believe in who he is. But you know, God actually believes in you too. See, look at this. Look at Job chapter 1. And this is this is a great example of how we know that the Lord believes in us. So again, if you don't know anything about Job, again, Job was a great man here. Job had seven sons, three daughters. He had he had uh, you know money. He had all these other great things. But if you notice the thing about Job, Job showed faith, Job showed trust, and Job showed obedience. So therefore, because Job was consistent. God could trust him and God believed in him. So how do you know that? Look at this, Job chapter one, starting in verse seven. And the Lord said unto Satan, whence comest thou? And Satan answered, going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. So Satan's walking up and down in the earth, seeking whom he may devour. But notice the confidence that God had in Job. So if you really think about it, God didn't have to say this, but notice he did. Verse number eight, and the Lord said unto Satan, who, what was Satan doing? What was the current action? 
Satan's walking to and fro. Satan's not just walking to and fro for the sake of walking to and fro. Satan walks with a purpose too. His purpose is to seek whom he may devour. First Peter chapter five. So now look at this. The Lord said unto Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him in the earth. He's perfect. He's upright. He's one that fears God and eschews evil. So now think about this. God had enough confidence in Job to essentially say, you can do whatever you want to this man, but don't kill him because I know that he trusts me. And notice it's a, it's a dual relationship. God said, I know, I know him. He said that about Abraham too. I know I can trust Job. And then Job knows that he can trust me. God believes in you, even when you're in a situation when you feel like you don't understand. So as you read the rest of the book of Job, Job does ask a series of, a series of questions. Why is this happening? Why does it feel like the Lord is doing this? Why has the Lord done this? But he, according to verse 22 of chapter one, in all of this, Job did not sin and he did not charge God foolishly. So what the book of Job really is, it shows the level of a relationship that you can have with God. Even when you're going through life and, and the same thing, you know how some people say, well, this is just my life story, right? This just keeps happening. You know, the same thing, you know, the Lord understands the things that you're going through. But the thing about it is the Lord believes in you enough that you can overcome it. But the question becomes, do you believe in yourself enough? See, here's, here's, a, here's the, um, I don't want to call it a curse. I don't think that's the right word. But for the sake of a lack of a word right now, uh, I'll use that. Here, here's the, the curse or the downside of this sometimes. You can believe all you want in a person. Right. You can believe and truly, I mean, and not not for fake, not for show, but you can truly believe that this person can be something great if they applied the knowledge of the scripture and they applied the Lord to their lives. You can truly believe that. But here's the curse or the downside to that. You can believe over the moon for a person. But if they do not have some type of belief in themselves the belief that you have in them, it won't get them over the hump. Does it mean you stop believing in them? No. But you have to have some personal level of belief in yourself that you can get through anything with God. See, what happens so many times is, so many times in this life, we kind of just sit here and we kind of wait for, well, nobody believes in me, so I guess you know I can't do this until somebody, well, wait a second, do you believe in yourself? Why would I believe in you if you don't believe that you can do it yourself? You see, God had confidence here in Job, in Job chapter one. Then look at this. Look at Proverbs chapter three. Proverbs chapter three. Um, and let's look at verses five through six. Proverbs chapter three, verses five through six. Now notice the, the example that he gives here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways, 
acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and depart from evil. So even though there might be situations in your life that you don't understand why this is happening or why it keeps happening or why something will happen, whatever the situation you find yourself in, what's your role in it? Here's the crazy thing about this, guys, and I want you to really think about this with me for a second. Where in Scripture has God told us to figure things out? Where in Scripture is it found where God tells us whatever situation that we find ourselves in, it is your job as a Christian to figure it out? Why do we think we have to? Pride, number one. Impatience, number two. Looking at what everybody else is doing, number three. There's more reasons. But God has never asked you and I to figure it out. What he has asked us is when you're put in a situation where things look impossible, when you keep getting beat down, when you keep getting hurt, when things keep happening, no matter what situation it is, what do I still expect you to do? Be not wise in your own eyes. Depart from evil. Trust in me with every fiber of your being. Don't lean on what you think you need to do. In every decision and everything that involves life, you acknowledge me first and I'll direct your path. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? And I'm asking myself that too, honestly. Do I really believe that right now? See, what God wants, in order for God to really trust me and to really trust you, you have to show him that you will do what he says. It's just like a it's just like a physical relationship. There there is some level of a proving ground in a relationship where can I trust this person? Can this person trust me? So trust is not just handed out, right? It's earned. So we have to earn that trust. So how do I earn it? By doing Proverbs chapter chapter three, verses five through six. It takes work to build this relationship with God. You know, I, I heard of a, um, you know, a, a story of a child and they were playing, playing hide and go seek. And this was her first time playing. And so, uh, you know, all the kids go in the room and they turn the lights out and their, her dad was outside, just right outside the door, you know, probably like a foot away. And so the lights went off and, and she instantly got scared. And instantly she started screaming and crying out for her dad and realized because she was in a situation now where she had no control of her environment, she felt afraid. So then her dad was there. Her dad opened the door and her dad said, I'm right here. You know, sometimes that's what we do with God. You know, when we're put in situations or when we put ourselves because of our decisions, when we put ourselves in certain situations, you know, we forget that the Lord really is closer than what we think. The Lord is the Lord is really closer than what we think. But in order to understand that in these situations, we need to have faith and trust in him. So the Lord believes in you even when you don't understand. 
Then number two, as we talk about this topic, look, I believe in you. God believes in you even when you don't understand. But number two, this was a good one too. God believes in you when you are afraid. God believes in you when you are afraid. You know, being afraid, what being afraid does, it stops us from doing a lot of things. You know, fear is fear is something that can kind of stagnate you in life. And what fear does is fear kind of capacitates you and it stops you from doing certain things in life. And it also stops us from following God. Because I think so many times what fear does, fear is very good at making out outcomes that hasn't happened yet. So, man, if I make this decision, then all this is going to happen. Well, if we look about this, you know, we'll become so scared and so fearful of doing things. But notice the crazy thing about this is God believes in you even when times that you're afraid. Look at these couple of verses here. Look at Isaiah chapter 41. Isaiah 41, and uh, let's look at verse 10. Isaiah chapter 41, uh, verse number 10. So notice what he mentions here. Fear not, for I am with thee. Stop right there. Here's this. That's something that is, it's easy to read, but it's it's harder to believe at times, isn't it? So notice what he's saying here. Isaiah is telling the people, fear not, for I, talking about God, I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. Stop right there. So this is how your relationship with God's going to get stronger and mine too. No matter what situation that we find ourselves in, you will only be able to know that God is there if he's yours. Let me say that again. You'll only be able to know that God is right there with you if he is yours. So notice how personal Isaiah just made this for the people. He said, fear not, I am with thee. Don't be dismayed. Why shouldn't I be dismayed right now, Isaiah? Why should I understand that God is with me? Why should I understand that I shouldn't be afraid? Why are you saying this? Because I'm yours. So how can you make God yours? Do you have, you have to build a relationship with him and it takes time. And here's the thing. And sometimes I think we, what we have to do, we almost have to compare our relationship with God as it is with a person. So if you're building a relationship with a person, does it just happen? It takes work. It takes effort. It takes apologies. It takes, it takes growth. It takes challenge. It takes, it takes, you know, taking time. You know, it, there's so much that it takes to cultivate and build a good relationship. Why don't we think the same way when we talk about God? And my big reason why is because, well, I can't see him. That doesn't matter. Well, I can see this person so I can build it. I think sometimes that's how rudimentary it gets. Well, because I can't see him, then I can't build it like I could with somebody else. Yes, you can. And quite frankly, that should be the first one that you build before you build with someone else. 
Isaiah said, I'm yours. I'm your God. And therefore, because I am yours, what will I do? Now, God, since we trust him, now in his part of the relationship, now God's going to do some giving too. So since you trust me in all these situations, I will strengthen thee. I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. So when God says, I will, is there any doubt that he's going to do it? Nope. You see, God believes in you even when you're afraid. And look at this. Look at Psalm quickly. Psalm chapter uh, 56, verse 3. This is one of my favorite verses too. Very short, but it's very powerful. Psalm 56, uh, verse 3. You know, the, David, basically in Psalm 56, David is talking about um, when the Philistines took him in, in Gath. And so in verse 3, notice what David said. When time I am afraid, what will I do? I will trust in thee. So David and his crazy situation with the Philistines and with those in Gath and who was from Gath, Goliath and his brothers. When time I am afraid, I'm going to give you my trust. So therefore, in the great relationship, when David gives everything he has to God, what's God? See, here's the thing about it. When we give to God, God always gives back. See, sometimes, sometimes we have this bitter attitude because we've done that here. What do I mean by that? Sometimes what happens when you give your all to somebody or to some things or in any relationship, you know, mother, father, dating, whatever it is. Sometimes when you give your all, even to a friend, when you give your all, sometimes what don't you get back? Sometimes you don't get anything back. Sometimes you get half of what you tried to give back. So then let's say that happens to you in life three or four times. What do you become? You become bitter. So therefore, man, I've been giving and I've been helping and I've been trying to do this for everybody else. And that affects your relationship with God. Well, I'm just going to give because I don't want to get hurt. See, we got to, in order for you to get better, you have to give yourself fully to God. And when you give yourself fully to God, then I can give myself fully to another person. So sometimes because of how our physical relationships happen here, we translate that to God. So do you see why that our relationship with God dictates our relationship with everybody else? When time I am afraid, I will trust in you and I know you're going to help me. Now, here's 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 a here's an example of. If we let fear overtake us. So look at, look at Matthew chapter 25, Matthew 25. And again, this, this is kind of taken out of context a lot. So let's, let's, let's describe some things before we get in this. So what Matthew chapter 25 is, it's Jesus. The whole chapter of chapter 25 is Jesus preparing his disciples for when he leaves. How do, how do you know that? Every parable that Jesus says in chapter 25, the husbandman, the shepherd, whoever it was, was getting ready to leave. So guess what that indicated? That, hey, guys, I'm getting ready to leave. 
So now in chapter 25 specifically, we're going to look at the talents. Here we need to understand that talent does not mean your ability. So some people take this out of context in chapter 25 and then relate this to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and say, well, since I don't have the ability to do this, then I'll just do what I want to do. Matthew chapter 25 is not about your talent and ability. It's not. What it is, the talent is what the master gave to them, which is the gospel. It has nothing to do with you. But we make it that way, which is which is really false doctrine, and we confuse a lot of people as we teach that in Matthew 25. So now, now that we understand this, let's read the parable. So uh, verse number 14. For the kingdom of heaven, right, what Jesus came to establish is like unto a man traveling unto a far country, which this is Jesus, who called his own servants, which is his disciples, and delivered unto them his goods. So what do you think the goods are? The gospel. What did Jesus give his disciples? What did he say in Mark 4? If you follow me, what will I make you? fishers of men. So here's the first check that this has nothing to do with us. This is nothing about your talent or ability. So let's stop making it about this because then that's how we get our brethren prideful. Well, you know, I sound good in the pulpit. I have the voice of God. Come on, man. This is not, this is not about that. All right. So let's keep going. Verse 15. And unto one, he gave five talents to another two and to another one to every man, according to a several ability and straightway took away his journey. Well, look, it says ability in, in verse number 15. If you look at it in context, it's still talking about the goods. So let's keep going. Verse 16. He that received five went and traded with the same and made five more. Then he that received two also gained another two. So now here's the lesson. Jesus is using this as a, as a physical example that they could understand. So talents and abilities represented the gospel, but they could understand the fact that a man could trade in talents and abilities, talking about money and get more. So Jesus was just using a parallel. He wasn't using this as a literal. So now let's talk about this for a second. So now Jesus said, I gave this man the responsibility of the gospel and what did he do with it? He gained more. I gave another man the responsibility of the gospel. What did he do? He gained more. So guess what these two men did? They evangelized and they brought more people to what? The kingdom. So then look at this. Verse number. Uh, so verse 21, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee ruler over many. He said the same thing to the one who had two talents. But then watch what he said to the one that he gave him one. Verse number 24. That which he that which received the one talent came and he said, Lord, I knew that you were what type of man? That you were hard. Here's what stops us from growing with Christ. When the five talent man received his five, does the text say that he ever spoke? The text said he went and he just got more. The one that received two, did he speak in the text? He went and just go got and went and got more. But the one that got one, he's the only one that had dialogue in this parable. So instead of actually doing what the master said, 
he made an excuse of why he could not do it. This is, this is what stops our relationship with God and with people. When we sit there and look people in the eye and look God in the eye and we make up excuses of why it's too hard. You understand? We will look people in the eye and we will talk to God and we will try to over explain and we will try to be as nice as possible to say it's too hard. Lord, I knew that you were hard. Well, time out. So is evangelism easy? Sometimes you get rejected. Sometimes people won't like you, so it's not per se easy. But how come the other two didn't complain? Other two, other two did it. So the other two did a hard work. So guess what this was? This was an excuse. Lord, you were this is Lord, it's just too hard. Reaping where thou hast sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. Watch verse 25. Now he now the truth comes out. See what that phrase, Lord, I knew that you were hard, that's just smoke screen, right? That's just smoke screen for what you really want to say. What do you really want to say, verse 25? I was afraid. So therefore, because I was afraid, what what was the action that I took? Instead of doubling the gospel, I buried the gospel in the earth. So for us in our relationship with God, you cannot grow with him if you're afraid to do the work and you can't grow with him if you bury the gospel in the earth. So if you go to school, if you go to work, if you go to your job, if you go to your house, if you go to wherever you are and you bury the gospel when you're supposed to be the light wherever you are, you're going to be the person in your life that's always going to say it's too hard. Maybe that's you right now. You're very good at giving smoke screens. You try to say it in a nice way. We really know what it is. I was afraid. And as someone who's doing the work, we really know what that is too. You can say it as nice as you want to, but guess what you're still doing? You're burying the gospel. This is what this is about. And quickly, moving forward, just quickly, I just want to mention, so then verses 31 through 40 through 46 in Matthew 25, that's taken out of context too. Because when Jesus says, when I was hungry and you gave me meat, when I was thirsty, you did all this, we keep that surface level too. So what we use that, that block of verses to prove is, well, whatever you do for a Christian is like you do it unto me. So if we do things for a Christian, is that great? Absolutely. But this is not what it's mentioning in the context. So he's saying there's going to be a separation, right? So when he separates after, after you're supposed to be working, that's what the talent example was for. He's saying this. So think about the 70 that he sent out. When he told them to leave, what did he tell them to do? Don't take any script. Don't do all this because you'll be taken care of. Don't take anything with you. So now he's bringing up this example in Matthew 25, verses 31 through 46, saying, if you go do my work like the five-talent man, and if you go do my work like the two-talent man, guess what? When you go do my work, if someone feeds you, it's like they're doing it to who? To me. 
So verses 31 through 46 is really a block of verses saying if you support men that support the gospel, it's like you're doing it unto me. So a part of the talent and the ability is not only producing yourself, not only gaining more souls, but a part of producing is supporting those who actually preach. And supporting other Christians and other brethren who do what God says. So that's why he said, don't be like that one talent man who was unprofitable. You see why context is so important? That's why we got to go back to studying. Because everything in the Bible stays so surfacey and stays so feely. We got to stop doing that because we're, we're telling people we're missing the real point. So the thing about this here is in Matthew 25, that the, the fear of doing the work stopped him. But the crazy thing is, God believed in him enough to give him that talent. God believed in him, in, in him enough to give the five and the two their talent. But God can believe in you all he wants. But guess what you got to do? Produce. You got to produce. God believes in you when you don't understand. And God believes in you even when you are afraid. Then here's the last one. God believes in you no matter the situation. See, sometimes we're like that one talent man too. We think we can't do, that we can't be, and that we can't develop into the person that God wants us to be based on my circumstance or based off my personal belief in myself. And here's, I heard it, and this is a secular example, but I was in a, I was in an English class in college and we were reading a book. I forgot what book it was, but it kind of talked about, um, it talked about God. It kind of mentioned his name in the book and the teacher was an atheist. I didn't know that until that, that day in class, but this teacher was an atheist. And so what the teacher said was, I'll never forget this. We're sitting down reading the book. And she just stops and she kind of just wanted to push her agenda real quick. So she said, you know, if there was a God and he could punish me to a to a devil's hell, I'll still do whatever I want to do here. Which I was kind of taken back on. That. I was like, wow. I mean, the arrogance and the um, and the hard heart it takes to say that. Here's the thing that's scary, too. Among Christian people, I think we we kind of treat our relationship with God kind of as Russian roulette. And this is what I mean by that. We kind of just, we're willing to bet that we're okay, and we're willing to bet our eternity. Which people kind of have this lackadaisical, like, ah, I'm all right. Like, you know how long eternity is? And we're willing to bet that, oh, we're all good. So it takes work to get ready for eternity. So why not start working right now? So instead of sitting here saying and throwing up smoke screens to people of why you can't do stuff, instead of being afraid, why don't you just get to work? See here, and here's something that we think, sometimes we think we got to get it all in a day. It's not going to happen in one day. It takes time and consistent effort every day. So look at, look at, look at what the Lord can do for us in crazy situations. So just for reading a couple of verses in Hebrews chapter 11, everything that these men and women went through, even if you, let's just start at verse 34. 
actually verse 33, who through faith, they subdued kingdoms, they wrought righteousness, they obtained promises, they stopped the mouths of lions, they quenched the violence of fire, they escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, they waxed valiant in fight, they turned the flight of the armies of aliens, all these things happened because they had faith and they believed in God no matter the situation. So when we think about this, do you see why as we study this, it takes time and effort to build a relationship with God? You know, here's the thing I want to mention to you guys today. God really does believe in you. Even if you don't believe it, he does. He believes in you. But the real question becomes, do you believe in him? Do you believe in him? Like we mentioned before in our introduction, you know, you might feel knocked down. You might feel tired. You might feel weak. You might feel spiritually weak. You might feel like, there's no, there's no way that you can get better or it feels like the road to improvement, it, it'll just take too long. Like Whatever you're feeling right now, remember how it feels to have somebody to believe in you, no matter how high or how long the road is going to take for you to get there, that somebody out there believes in what you can be. The, the creator of the universe, forget a person. The creator of the universe believes in you. So quite frankly, it's just time to go to work. It's time to just start building our relationship with him. Because what you'll find yourself doing is you'll always find yourself making an excuse. Or, or waiting until the perfect time. There's never a perfect time. The perfect time to follow God is now. It's not when you get money figured out or when you, when you get more concrete in life. Or there's, there's no perfect time to follow God than right now. Right now. And if you need help, let me know. Call me. DM me. Text me. Whatever it is. Because we got to start now. Because heaven is too beautiful. And hell is too hot to be playing around here and miss it. To be playing around here and miss it, man. And so so let's let's start believing in ourselves a little bit more. And let's believe in what the Lord can do for us. I hope this podcast was able to help you guys today and really give you kind of a uh like a new perspective on it. Um, and, and maybe this is something that you got to self-examine with yourself, just to kind of see where you are. I know I had to, um, we know we're just all here to get better together. So hopefully we can keep growing and, uh, we can keep getting better together. So Lord willing, I will be back on Monday with another podcast. Uh, hopefully I'm going to have a guest on, uh, pretty soon and we'll be able to talk and chop it up and, and study together. So I'm grateful for that. And hopefully we will see you guys on Monday. Again, if you want to support the podcast, just go to anchor.fm slash when the scriptures become real slash support. And you can click that there and you can support the podcast and we'd really appreciate your support. And we're so thankful for everything that you guys do. All right. We'll see you guys next week.